0: Nick McFly for this week. Hey. Everybody, give it up for Nick riding solo. Yeah. Damn. <laughs> damn it! I guess that worked. That wasn't the one I wanted though.
1: Wait, what were you trying to do?
0: I was just trying to do the applause, I, but it's oh, on the same dang. color. They, but it, they're yeah. they're
1: both appropriate.
0: Yeah, yeah, they both work.
1: All right. So it would be worse if you were like it was the one. It's like I I really don't like that guy. <laughs> yes.
0: Give it up for Nick, I, everyone. Uh oh. Oh, no. Wait. Yeah, I know. I know what, what I is, did. What, what I is realize happening? what I did. I think. I think. Uh, made me. Kicking us off the. All right. So just recap. Pat.
1: So I don't know about you. I, I watched. Here and there, I watched episodes of Clone Wars, and I, in, I enjoyed it. Don't get me wrong. I enjoyed it. I just never really, you know, spent the time to really watch through all of them. Actually. You know, I, I don't want to. I take anything away from the series it's like it's a cartoon show for kids you know what i mean so it's it's not like high art but it does fill in a lot of the gaps that we missed out on in the movies and you know you hear a lot of the real diehard star wars people say oh well you know well they they talk about this you know here's what you know general grievous was doing in between this movie and that movie and to me that feels like just put it in the movie if it's an important important plot point put it in the movie don't put it in the cartoon show supplementary so i mean you know i have kind of like a love-hate relationship with the clone wars but I, i enjoyed it overall it just kind of felt like kind of cheesy to me but anyway the point being that i was disappointed by bad batch because they expected everyone to have been pretty intimately familiar with the clone everything that was going on in the clone wars so i didn't i felt kind of detached from the series and they didn't give you a whole lot. And I know I'm, I'm always the last guy, you know, to ask for more exposition in a series and show don't tell, but right, it just, right. th- there was no exposition and it, they just threw you right into the story and I didn't know any of the characters or what was going on. And I felt like it was really lacking in that regard. So will I give it another try? Yes. But was I kind of lackluster off the hour and 15 minutes opening episode? Yeah. Yeah. So
0: that's my review. Right. Okay. Give me one. There we go. That should be good. All right. Cool. We had a problem with audio. Oh, it was fine though. It's fixed. I never used this fucking screen ever. So like the duo, so the audio wasn't switched on. So either way, but it's fine. Uh, all right. Well, I mean, the singles was fine though. And that's what I kept you on for the bad batch review. So we got that in there. So that's good. Everyone heard that. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, like, obviously, I don't have an opinion on it because I haven't watched it fully. But I will say this: from the stuff that I did see, it looked interesting. But also, like, I'm just not into the animation style. I don't know what it is. I, yeah. I'm I'm a hard person to please when it comes to an animation style because I either like Pixar or DC animated. Everything else just kind of it really needs to be unique. I guess it kind of
1: falls in that uncanny valley. Yeah,
0: exactly, exactly. And I don't know if I'm like if I'm super in tune with that, you know what I mean? Yeah. I guess is the best way to say it. I don't know. It's just not my preference. So,
1: well, did you see the origin, like the original, uh, Clone Wars cartoons that were more akin to like the flat DC animation? Oh yeah. Have you
0: seen? Yeah. They were like, weren't they like only like 15 minutes long, like in between episodes of other shows on Cartoon Network. Yeah. Yeah. I remember those. I remember watching this one, I remember watching the first or second one when it happened and then I didn't see any of them. And the next one I saw after that was the one where Anakin dueled the, the lady with the two lo- red lightsabers on the pyramid <laughs> or whatever. I don't know. I can't remember the names or anything, but.
1: Yeah, I'm, I, I for me, I always treated that show as, you know, it's like it's supplemental. They 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 kind of didn't bring it to the level of the movies. It's just all right. We're here. We're filling in the gaps. But at the same time, you have it. Really, gave it gave us Dave Filoni. Right. If it, had we not had the Clone Wars, we wouldn't have this guy who's now shepherding in the new golden era of Star Wars. So.
0: Oh, you think it'll be a new golden era?
1: I do. I. I mean, we went through a really dark. We went through the dark ages for the. For, you know, we'll get into it later on. But with the, the Disney Star from Wars from 1999 been very to 2019. <laughs> well with with uh you know retrospect yeah you know, like hindsight is 2020 20, and i definitely look i look at the star wars prequels the same way i look at george bush where it's like maybe it wasn't so bad
0: back then. <laughs> yeah no maybe for sure all right well we'll uh we'll definitely loop back around to star wars though so don't you worry everyone uh then oh my god i lost Phase four slate. I had, hold on, give me a
1: second. Let me get it. Yeah, back. I'm ch- I'm pulling up an image and it's uh, they're all out of date because they still say like Captain Marvel 2 or Miss Marvel. Here we go. I got it.
0: That's where I was before. All right. So, everyone, Marvel released a new slate of release dates for all of their upcoming phase four films, which I mean, like everybody's looking forward to them. You know what I mean? They, as far as I'm concerned, they could put the, all of these movies out today and they'd still do the same numbers um so first up you know i don't think we really should mention the tv shows i'm really just doing theatrical stuff yeah loki got moved up by two days it's coming out on wednesdays as opposed to uh fridays so wednesdays will be our (laughs) will be our our day to watch tv now um which i enjoy them experimenting with release dates you know what i mean Try different days of the week, see how it works instead of just a Friday, you know.
1: Yeah, I feel like every different series kind of, ha- you know, like with, um, um Wandavision, like it, kind of, like it's got a different vibe, like that. That feels like a midweek type of show. Yeah, you know. All right, I, I could see each one having a different kind of slot.
0: So obviously, Black Widow, July seventh. Look, it's on the way. We already know quite a quite a lot about this. I yeah. I, I don't want to know any of the twists or any of that shit. So. I've been trying to stay away from threads, the 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 spoiler section. r slash Marvel Studios. You of all
1: people have been not reading spoilers.
0: Yes, yes. You know, I read spoilers for stuff that I have no interest in watching. The things that I enjoy, I like like Resident Evil Eight. I stayed away from all supplementary materials. I didn't want to know anything about it going in, and it was amazing. Um,
1: what I want to know is, are they de aging Scarlett Johansson for Black Widow?
0: No, it takes place in between Civil War and infinity war
1: well how many years ago was that that they filmed those movies
0: i i wait civil war came out in 2016 infinity war came out in 2018
1: okay it's 2017 they that, filmed this they filmed I just this think in, about think about sebastian stan and like we were talking about a couple weeks ago how he's aged so much for these movies yeah i'm when, i th-
0: i think it's i think uh They filmed this in like 2018, 2019. So it's really not that far. Has it been that long? Yeah. They filmed this? Yeah. This was supposed to come out May 2020. You know, so this has just been sitting on the shelf at Marvel. Um, Damn. So then after that, Spider-Man 3 got moved up to... Spider-Man 3 No Way Home got moved up to December 17th, 2021. That'll be fun, you know? Oh, no, wait. I skipped Eternals. Wait, Shang-Chi? And There's, Shang-Chi. We have four Marvel movies you're, coming this year. A- <laughs> this is way too much for me right now. Hey,
1: man, this is them capitalizing on we lost a lot of time. Yeah, in true,
0: true. So it's Black Widow, July 7th. Then it's Eternals, November 5th, 2021. I mean, it looks and sounds good, but to me, it still just feels like, all right, we're in front of the Guardians of the Galaxy. Like, right. That's what it feels like to me.
1: Well, I mean, I kind of like the idea of them building out the roster and kind of getting ready for them to to like refresh the uh, the Avengers roster. You know, it's like these people are coming up on the ends of their contracts, so it's you know, like they're like just let's just throw a bunch of new characters in the mix uh, because they're they're going to need to you know new blood. And then you know, even if Chris Evans winds up coming back or RDJ or even the people who aren't like dead or ancient. They're going to be, you know, like probably wanting to do other things with their career. So, dead
0: or ancient. I just realized what he said there. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So, Hawkeye series, Miss Marvel, no set dates yet. I don't think Miss Marvel looks very good, judging by the photos I've seen. Uh, Hawkeye series, I could take it or leave it. But I've been wrong before. I wasn't too jazzed on WandaVision, and WandaVision was awesome. Uh, so, anyway, yeah. Spider Man Far From Home is December 17th. That is the one with all of the multiverse time travel.
1: I heard recently that uh, Andrew Garfield was like, I'm not a part of this. And, you know, like it's all just rumors and speculation. Are we for sure that it's multiverse or do you think it's just like a big hype train?
0: It's for sure a multiverse because Alfred Molina went on record and said, like, it's true. And Jamie Foxx. Yeah. Uh,. So it's definitely from that angle. And then the other thing is um, even if Andrew Andrew Garfield is or isn't in the movie, I would have liked to have found out while watching the movie. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like either way, I would have been if he wasn't in the movie, I probably wouldn't have even thought about him being in it. You know what I mean?
1: Well, I mean, if they get Tobey Maguire and they don't get Andrew Garfield, I mean, I I know which one of the two I would prefer to have, but still, if you're going to get one, I want the other. Yeah, but
0: I kind of feel like this also is like this. This is like for most movies, most movies that don't have Andrew Garfield in them. As a matter of fact, I would say all the movies I watch that don't have Andrew Garfield in them. If he's not in it, I don't think you know who would be great in this. Andrew Garfield.
1: Alright, I'm gonna add him to my, my Fantastic Four roster. Okay. Just <laughs> Andrew Garfield though. Not he's gonna be playing himself. Yes. Perfect. Yeah. yeah.
0: All right. So next up was Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness with March 25th, 2022. That's supposed to tie into WandaVision, so that'll be nice to see uh Wanda again. Um, I think now that's actually being directed by Sam Raimi, which oh. I really enjoy. Because you know right. he makes great he makes great movies, um, I I don't remember if they said Spider Man was gonna be in that one. I'd be surprised if he's not, but you know.
1: Well, do you think that the multiverse thing th- those two are gonna tie together?
0: Yeah, I tend to believe what's gonna happen here is that Spider Man three. Actually, we'll go back to this. Put a pin in it. Um. Okay. So then Thor Love and Thunder looks good. It just looks like they're why. You found out what worked with Thor. Just do it again. There you go. Yeah, it looks good. And Natalie Portman's gonna be Thor, so I look forward to bring, it.
1: Bring her, bring her back. Yeah,
0: exactly.
1: She was like, "I'm done with the shitty movies. Tell me when Taika Waititi comes."
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, Black Panda, Black Panda, Black, Black Panda. Panda. All right. <laughs> Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. If that wasn't a mouthful black panda do know, everyone do we
1: know anything about what that's gonna be yet
0: uh i have no idea all i know is that they said they're not bringing up they're T'Challa. not gonna bring up they're not gonna Chad bring up tatala or Chadwood boseman yeah there's gonna be no mention of him how how i don't know i don't know listen obviously it's really sad but like just recast the character like we, I mean, you and we I you and I know. outside of the
1: show we had a conversation yeah. about this but I think we we both agree that it w- I don't we don't feel that it would be in poor taste to recast the character because just as inspirational as Chadwick Boseman was the character is the same you know like this yeah. is an important character and it it feels weird to just kind of like well we got one movie in you already recast Hulk you recast Rhodey let's let's do one more
0: yeah i mean i i see that um but also at the same time it's just like i feel like it's kind of like insulting to the audience to be like hey this person died in real life so therefore we're gonna remove their character from the movie too but their character is central to the first black panther movie i get black panther's a legacy hero i'm sure sure he's gonna get it or mbaku or whoever right you know whatever um but I just I would just rather them recast it and continue the story of T'Challa with a different actor, you know, it'd
1: be not, like I, I'll hold my judgment. I, I'll see if they can find a way to make it interesting, interestingly, get rid of the character rather than just, you know, like, all right, well, you know, like we're pretending like that, you know, like we're just moving on and we're not really going to acknowledge it if they can right. find a cool way. Like they almost like they did for Carrie Fisher in the Star Wars movies. Not that I was particularly into what they did with that character, but how they used the archival footage and they, you know, reset some of the scenes to fit the storyline. You mean you can do that.
0: You mean you weren't in love when Daisy Ridley was clearly talking to nobody?
1: I wasn't <laughs> in love when um, Princess Leia was flying through outer space. I wasn't in love when they had a young Princess Leia at the end of. Rogue One. There was a uh, lot of okay. All right, direction. we'll get there. We'll get there. We'll they didn't. Get there. I feel like they didn't do. Gary I actually Fish forgot justice in a lot of. I ways. actually
0: forgot about that part. So we'll get into it later. Um, oh yeah. Then the Marvels, which is just Captain Marvel. Marvels. The Marvels. Is the-
1: um, oh, is that is that where the accent is supposed to be? No, that's the Marvels.
0: The Marvels. Okay. Um, that's just how it sounds to me. The Marvels. Um. So. This is look Captain Marvel one was okay. Okay, I was not in love with it. I don't think it it was. I I felt like for a space, like there's that one like scene where they're like in the fog on the planet, they're looking for the one guy. Have you seen Captain Marvel?
1: It's I saw it when it first came out, and I don't remember a whole lot about the like beat for beat stuff. I remember like the more macro level stuff.
0: Yeah. No, no, no. There was this one mission where they're in the fog and you couldn't see shit. And I felt like the space stuff was, like, just a little, um, I feel like it was just a a little, um, flat compared to, like, Guardians, you know what I mean, as far as, like, color-wise. And I remember they had, like, a duo directors, like, I don't know if they were brother and sister, but they were just filmmakers that made this movie together. And they were good, but I'm interested to see what... The new team behind the movie makes it look like right. especially since this is t- tying into the miss marvel tv show too so uh and uh and wandavision as well because monica rambo's in this too
1: i i loved i really really loved monica rambo's character in wandavision and i di- i didn't really love uh, captain marvel so i'm hoping that like having it be opening there's kind a of middle thing. ground <laughs> yeah, I'm ho- I'm hoping that like having a team up they'll they'll kind of really gel well together.
0: Yeah. So then we have uh Ant Man and the Wasp. Ant Man and the Wasp, Quantum Mania. Have you seen the last one? What was the last one? Oh yeah. Ant-Man. I
1: actually rewatched it recently, uh, and it just it was better the second time around. Oh,
0: really? You really like the second one, huh? I yeah. like it too, but I feel like it's also to like it's not meant to change the world in which it lives in. You know what I mean? It's meant no. to tell this isolated story of a character. A, it, that we yeah, like.
1: and I love that. It's like a fun little action adventure ride. And I love what. What's the villain's name in that one? A um, uh, ghost. Ghost. I like ghost. She. I, I think she's fantastic. You got Lawrence Fishburne. He's great. Um, you know, all all. I feel like every character in that nobody like is just sidelined. Nobody's I think everybody wasted. Everybody has a great yeah. moment. Yeah, they're, Wally they're
0: Goggins. Wally Goggins is great in that movie too. Yeah,
1: Wally Goggins. Um, uh, Jimmy Woo's character. You know, you That's see some right. evolution evolution oh, from that movie Oh, he's in WandaVision to... too. I forget yep. that he's... he does the, the card trick. Thing. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Um. So then we have Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three with James Gunn directing. Uh, the whole cast is back. They talked about this recently about how Drax might not be. Uh, he. this might be his last hurrah. Like, he might not have any movies left afterwards. I don't...
1: because he doesn't, he doesn't want to do it anymore? Not that
0: I don't think he wants to... He doesn't want to do it anymore. I think... The reason why he's saying that is because somebody floated the idea of him being written out. That's definitely why. I don't know why Uh, that would be. I do realize that when James Gunn got fired from Guardians of the Galaxy, he publicly said that he would also like to be fired... And taken out of his contract because he's like, how are you going to let, like, pretty much this fake outrage take, you know, James Gunn away and, like, what we have? And so if that if you're not going to be logical, then I don't want to work with you. And, like, he— Interesting. So I don't know if this is a consequence of that. Uh, and I don't—I don't—like I said, I don't have any evidence to base that off of, but that's just what my mind goes to immediately— so-
1: all, all I can say is, is like I'm sure this is a pretty good payday for uh, for Dave Batista, and to me, to me as somebody who's like not into uh, like who never I never heard about him before Guardians. I didn't know who he was. Mm-hmm. It's like this this kind of catapulted him into being like a level celebrity. Oh yeah. So it's kind of crazy for him to walk away, but also now he's doing stuff like Army of the Dead. With uh with Zack Snyder and stuff like that. So I, I I can see it both ways. It's like weird for him to walk away, but also it's like you you already cashed in on it, you got three movies under your belt, you're gonna go do other things, cool, I get it.
0: He also was in the WWE for years too.
1: Yeah. Which is like for me, I'm not into I'm yeah, not neither into am sports I'm in I'm general. Not, but
0: go on, wrestling's not a sport. Let's well, all right. Sport implies uh, competition. I will,
1: I, I will, I will call it athletic. Yes, it's athletic. certainly
0: athletic. That is true. <laughs> Calling it a sport, no. All yeah. right. So, to tie this up in a pretty little bow, what I was gonna say before is that I think that
1: um, hold on, fan four stick.
0: Oh, the fan four stick. Only thing we know is that John Watts is attached to
1: direct yeah well it has to be mentioned it's it's on the slate and oh. I'm excited yeah
0: you're excited for the end of the pipeline
1: i I cannot wait for them to get this movie right after seeing it utterly fail so many times you
0: know what in four years I hope you're right in four years when we see it and we talk about it on this podcast
1: I can't I'm wait gonna for go Larry back boy.
0: <laughs> I'm gonna go back to this episode I'm gonna write this down um. So, actually, what, but, all right, fan four stick. I think, will be the, the kicking off point for their next, like, right. couple of years. But it, out of this right here, I think what's going to happen is you're going to see definitely Spider-Man 3, Doctor Strange, Thor, and Ant-Man and the Wasp Mania all intersect at some point. All have some sort of connective tissue because they're all dealing with multiverses.
1: Well, if you say that, then the Marvel, uh, the Marvels is going to connect too. I assume because Monica is going to, you know, like in Wanda and all that. Oh, you're all those right. Connections.
0: That is possible. That is possible. I I don't think Black Panther is going to be touched by anything else. I think they have enough heavy lifting to do.
1: Right. That's probably going to be stan- Eternals is probably going to be standalone. Guardians. Of the galaxy is going to be out in space. They're going yeah. to be doing their own thing.
0: Chris Pratt's also in Thor: Love and Thunder too as Star Lord, so he's off. He's going to be in that well, doing his own thing.
1: Well, so, okay, so those might those might intersect.
0: Shang Chi, I don't think it's going to get touched. Yeah, Eternals, I don't think it's going to get touched. Black I, Widow. I know we I know we no. talked
1: about it last week, but I'm really excited for Shang Chi. I feel like it's going to be so oh, different than anything we're else we've saying
0: seen. It wrong too. It's Shang Chi.
1: Apparently, Shang Chi. Yeah, Shang. That's like. Oh, that's like the Avatar movie, uh, the Avatar like the uh, M Night Shyamalan movie where it's like Ong. It's like oh, they called
0: right. him Ong instead of Ang. Him...
1: There was a couple different things uh, where they where they called people and things were named differently. Where it was like the actual what the pronunciation would be, but it's like all right, well we're already familiar with the character, we already call him Ang,
0: Ong, Ong. All right. What about I mean like are you excited for this slate? I'm excited. I think it I think this is the best yeah. the best lineup they've ever had.
1: Honestly, I I'm you know, it's like I'm not the kind of guy, at least before I did a podcast with you, I wasn't the kind of guy who was like, I need to see all these movies. I kind of got to them at my own pace. But all of these movies, I'm excited to see all of them.
0: Yeah, for sure. Me as well. I I mean like They already have my money, so they could be like, hey, we're doing a new thing. His name is Poopsicle, and he's going to do nothing (laughs) but shit puns. And, like, (laughs) I'll be there. I'll be there opening night. You got it. You know? Actually, speaking of opening night, I am going to the movies next week. Four? I'm going to go see Saw. Well, Oh, Spiral. 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 I'm going to see what they're... I want to talk about it next week, but I don't think I can get Danny to watch that movie. <laughs> it's all. It, are they doing streaming? No, dude, it's only, Ooh, they are straight only. up like theater only. Like, well, I'm, uh, I'm
1: double derna now, so oh, maybe I'll go double see it.
0: derna. Oh, maybe we could both. We were just talking about
1: potentially
0: yeah. getting drinks and seeing a movie.
1: Is there a movie theater between the two of us?
0: Maybe Hazlitt Cinemark.
1: All right. Well, we'll uh, do, re- we'll do the we'll do the content. we'll do the
0: research afterwards. We'll do the yeah. research afterwards. Uh, but yeah, moving on. Um, I played Resident Evil on Friday. I we uh, we I streamed it on Twitch. I did the first five and a half hours on Twitch, and we had a bumping chat. Oh shit. oh shit! It was seriously a lot of fun. Like I. I haven't had Twitch analytics that good in a very long time and shout out to my buddy Mark who, uh, who came in and he gifted a bunch of subs to people. So he bought five subs and then gave them out. And since I get so little like traction, my notifications for follows and subs and bits are like so outrageously uncalled for. And then I had... Five of them go off in a row. So all you heard was like these sirens and this epic music and
1: everything. <laughs> what's, like, uh, what's Mark's Twitch? We'll give him a little uh, shout out.
0: Raven Maine. It's R A V E N M A E M A N E, I think. Raven
1: Maine or is it Dude, Raven Main? You just keep talking about the game. I got this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Uh, well, let me ask you this. First question. all right. All right. Did this game meet? surpass or fall short of your expectations this
0: game this game surpassed my expectations in every way possible as a matter of fact i haven't felt this way playing a resident evil game since 2005's resident evil 4 i think this game is without spoilers i think this game is pretty much all of the best parts of resident evil combined into one and really showcasing how good the series can be when it's firing on all cylinders. Cause not only is this a great action game is a great horror game as well. Um, I, like I said, won't go into spoilers, but, uh, I will say this. There was the baby sequence when you fight the fetus that uh, I didn't even bring that up. I hung out with some buddies yesterday. I hung out with Danny yesterday, and he brought that up to me. He's like, "Did you get to the baby sequence?" I was like, "You mean I struggled through the babysit?" Se- like my my Twitch chat was telling me to pause and unpause because we were all too shook by the baby sequence. It's genuinely want to know. It's genuinely terrifying. Um, I think this game is better than Resident Evil Seven, which was good. Um, I think the controls kind of stumble and fall cause they, you know, they try to make the controls not as responsive. So you feel like, you know, um, you don't, you're not like in like tight, like zeroed in control because they want you to feel a little loose. So you, you have a little bit harder time getting around. So that brings up the tension in this game. They were able to tighten the controls up and still make me piss my pants when I was running around. But the thing that I like about the Resident Evil games is that they give you a way to protect yourself. And this game was not just here's a way to protect yourself. We're actively encouraging you to engage with the enemy. And so it was talking
1: about like when you like held your weapon up. Oh, like when I was
0: yeah, like when I was defending, but also like um, just the guns, the guns are fun to use. You can customize them. Uh, I already started my second playthrough on a harder difficulty before the show. Uh, I went, I did the Mercenaries mode, which is on that it's just like arcade mode. You know, you just run around certain um, parts of the village and you kill zombies on a time frame. You score points. You know, you get these cool little abilities. But uh, yeah, gameplay is great. The gameplay in it is awesome. The only thing I could tell them that I wish for them to critique is a melee weapon. Or um, or rather a melee button, because like I get you don't want to cross the line too far into action because that's what kind of set the series back almost a decade ago, um, but I mean like there was when I like ran out of ammo, it was it was either like I have to reload or I have to block because like I can't just fucking right. hit this guy in the face. I wish I could do that, but unfortunately <laughs> that was not the case.
1: Um, one thing I wanted to ask you was um. What new about the game? What like what does this game bring that's new to the franchise? Is it like mechanics or or any well, devices within the game that you think are a really great addition to the franchise?
0: Well, see, that's that's just the thing. I don't, I I don't know if there's any truly original mechanics in this game. It just brings all of the best mechanics. From all of the other ones. Right. But, so like
1: pick picks and chooses all the best and like leaves out the worst.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And you know, it knows where its inspiration is because like, I mean, like, I, obviously you've never played Resident Evil 4, but you know the merchant character, right? You know, the what are you buying? What are you selling? Yeah, I, I actually You never heard of that? All Me. right. All right. um, Just look up the merchant character, right? This guy, the Resident Evil 4, I think we've talked about this before, just privately, Resident Evil 4 is one of my all-time, probably my favorite video game of all time. And it's the one that took the series to action, like a third-person shooter. And the game right. changed the action genre. Like the over-the-shoulder view became a thing. And games still do the over-the-shoulder view. That was the first real one to push it and it, and can show how well it could be used in video games. Either way, though, change the... Change the um, the face of action games. But what was really interesting is that this game took the setting of Resident Evil like out of the city, out of the woods and put you in like an Eastern European village and you're saving the president's daughter as a secret service agent. So this one is now another like Eastern European village style. You're saving your daughter. You know, it takes all these cues from Resident Evil four And just when the entire time, I'm just like, man, I was like, this game is really like Resident Evil 4. I Like, do they know how much this is like Resident Evil 4? You go to a merchant, which is only in Resident Evil 4 and now is in this game. And when you first talk to him, he goes, what are you buying? Like that. (laughs) And I was like, oh, shit. And then he goes, ah, nothing. That's just something a friend of mine used to say. I was like, oh, fuck. They're friends. They know each other. You know, so they knew who they were catering to with this game. You know what I mean? And right.
1: So to me, that's, like, we're going to touch on this later, but, like, that's good fan service. It is good. It's, a, yeah, you know, a just, wink just and a, a nod. A tiny, wink yep. and a nod. It's all you need.
0: And, um, you know, and that takes me to the point about the world. The world in this game is insane. Like, it's just... They just thought of so many things, like, in the little details of how things function. You know, it takes place in, like, this ransacked, um, I guess we call it haunted supernatural village. Now, ultimately, it's a Resident Evil game, so it's really not supernatural. And the story does kind of come off the rails at the end while they, like, they do this thing where they build up, build up, build up. You know what I mean? And then they get to the crescendo, and instead of giving it time to breathe, they kind of just run through all the points, you know, to get to, like to get to the finish line and then set up the next game, which is fine. But also like, I would have rather this game had an additional like two to four hours to flesh out those story points. I was fine with going longer. This is the first game I've played in a long time where I've been like, I wish that was longer.
1: I, Do you I know, think there was a matter like, was that a, a dis- decisive choice or was that a like, we need to get this game done. Well,
0: Resident evil games are normally pretty short. The last one that was pretty long was probably six, but like these newer ones have been short because the the point is to speed run them and the better times you get uh, and the more stuff you do, the more stuff you unlock to get a better character. You know, the point is the new game plus the shit out of it. So they can't make it too long or people won't continue to replay it. You know what I mean? So Fair. There is that aspect of it as well. You know, these games are really meant for the speedrunning community. It's kind of insane how much they cater to that. So, but even then, like that, that was even more incentive to for me to start my play, th- uh, my second playthrough. So, like I said, I've already, I'm already at the first save point. Like, I'm ready to go again. I'm ready to go. Again. By the time I was done, I think it said that actual play time, like in the world was like six hours and like 25 minutes. Um, on steam, 10 hours or so, you know, that's in and out of menus. That's, um, that's cut and everything. You know what I mean? So it's about right. a 10 to 11 hour experience. And I thought I was being thorough. Turns out I missed a shit ton of stuff. So there's a bunch of secrets I got to go check out too. So there's definitely a completionist angle. And yeah, the only, like I said, the only critique I have was just the wonky, like it goes from like a first person perspective to, like first person perspective storytelling, as well, to you switch to a different character and they're telling that story through third person cutscenes. Then those two characters meet. And since you've never seen the face of the first person character, they do everything to hide his face in cutscenes, like weird camera angles where you only see the back of his head. Or like you're looking underneath while he's looking up at something or like a branch is in front of him when he's standing around characters like stuff like that. So you never see Ethan Winter's face, you know, because he's he's supposed to be you, you know, the first right. player character. And then they switch to like a legacy character, you know, uh, and they do a couple callbacks there. It's good fun. Other than that, it's all.
1: Well, all right. So here's my last question. Good. How do you see this advancing the franchise? Like, what do you think is next?
0: I think what they need to do next. All right. Actually, I have a better way to look at this. They are doing this thing where they're putting out one game, one like brand new main entry, and then they're doing a remake. Then they're doing a brand new. Then they're doing a remake. Smart. So they put out seven. They put out the remake of two. And then they put out the remake of three, which honestly could have been DLC. The game was four hours long. I, I streamed as the first game I ever streamed in total. Uh, and then what was that other game? Um, oh, and then this came out. Now I've done a video on the remake of resident evil four. It's on my old YouTube channel. Maybe I'll upload it on this one too. When, you know, things start, you know, going in the right direction for that. Um,
1: and that's on you guys, the viewers. <laughs> yeah. Uh
0: and now here's the thing. They do have, um how do I describe it? There is a like they're in the works for the Resident Evil 4 remake right now, following the footsteps of this. So maybe this is like the primer and the Resident Evil 4 remake is the real shot. No indication on when that's gonna be out. But that being said, it did have a soft reboot while in development, which means they went very far with it and they're like all right start page one like we're doing it again so i don't know if that's a good or a bad thing maybe the response to this kind of will change their uh their development path you know what i mean yeah so i don't know i don't know anything about game development so (laughs) so they could be it could be done for all i know and they're just like we're just waiting on it all right so but yeah it's good check it out if you have any interest and you want to know what If you don't want to pay the full price for it, I completely understand because they took away the fucking multiplayer a week before it was supposed to come out. And now it's just coming out sometime in the summer. So I definitely understand not paying full price for it. However, if you do have any interest and you find it on sale, check it out, check it out. Only sickos like me. were going to buy it. It's the number one selling game this week though, obviously. And that's against Pokemon snap, which came out on Friday.
1: I am. All right. Tangent. I'm really excited about the new Pokemon Snap, and I might just get a Switch just for that game.
0: If you're going to get a Switch for Pokemon Snap, you have to play Breath of the Wild. I will oh, not oh, accept. I,
1: I have I, I, I have played Breath of the Wild. I played about two to three hours of it at a friend's house, and I, I loved that game, but I don't have like a nostalgic attachment to Zelda. The way that I do to Pokemon, I have the original Nintendo 64 Pokemon Snap, and that's one of my all-time favorite games. I will so, say this
0: though, I had never played a Zelda game before I played Breath of the Wild. Yeah, and it changed my life. I'm telling you, that's literally oh, one of the greatest games yeah. that I ever. Played All right, in my life. I just
1: want to give a shout out here to Kevin Houston, who's a big Zelda guy. Is he? And I know. Oh yeah he he loves those those Zelders. He These
0: Zelda games.
1: He loves them. All right, so.
0: Moving on. Ladies and gentlemen, tonight we have a a very special topic. Um pretty much since uh the other two are off doing doing things with their families, like weirdos, like true weirdos. Uh <laughs> <laughs> and we're doing this tonight. Um we thought we would talk about something that um I mean we've wanted to talk about it for a while but we haven't had an opportunity to so I figured you know we take this opportunity to right and yeah. we looked at one specific movie however we're kind of going to have a conversation about Star Wars the state of Star Wars underneath Kathleen Kennedy in general, right? All
1: right. Well, you and I took this in two very different directions.
0: I mean, it's totally fine. It doesn't matter. It's we could talk <laughs> about Rogue One. I'm just saying, like, things that Kathleen Kennedy did certainly influenced Rogue One. All right.
1: So before before we even get into Yeah, we're talking about Rogue One, but also just the way that Star Wars has kind of panned out under Disney, I think everybody's pretty underwhelmed,
0: oh, yeah, for sure.
1: but uh, and a lot of that blame can be placed on the shoulders of Kathleen Kennedy. I just want to say before we get into it, I really love a lot of the work that Kathleen Kennedy has done. My favorite movie in the world is Back to the Future, and she you know had a lot to do with those with the, with that trilogy and a lot of other beloved movies. I don't think she's bad at what she does. I just really think she fumbled the ball at the worst possible time when she took over Lucasfilm.
0: I think she tried to use a nostalgia chain to drive an agenda that nobody wanted yeah. to see in their to nostalgia me, train. To me,
1: it feels like she's, she's kind of at that place, like that, that big, uh, sh- she's hit like peak capitalism where she's just like cash in on, on, you know, like we have this, uh, property, you know, she's got, like, the Walt Disney disease. Yeah. We just, like, cash in on the franchise. And a lot of the care and warmth that are in a lot of the other films that she's had, Uh, you know, she's been attached to in her career, it's just not there anymore. Yeah, I
0: mean, she is technically working for Disney. So, yeah. So, you know, and she has said some things that Bob Iger himself has had to walk back. <laughs> so, you know, there, she's probably under a tighter leash than we think. You know what Absolutely. I mean? So... But that being said,
1: uh, what do you think of Rogue One? So I, to be honest with you, when I first saw this movie, I really, really enjoyed it. And when we we talked about planning this show the other day, I was like, Rogue One was great. It it is possibly one of my favorite Star Wars movies. And going Silly. back and watching it, Silly. I don't I don't dislike it now, but I see a lot more flaws with it than I did the first time around. Because I walked out of the theater. Having just experienced all the battle scenes, the last, I think the last hour is really fantastic. I think it does a great job. So I walked out of the theater on that high of all these great, you know, like World War II battle scenes. And I was like, that was, that's Star Wars. I loved it. But now rewatching it, taking notes, I'm like, there's a lot of problems in the first half. So
0: actually, it's funny you bring that up. So I watched this movie, and that's the first time I've seen it since seeing it in the theater. And I feel the exact same way. I'm indifferent to this movie, which is probably even worse than like having a strong opinion on it. Cause like it just exists. It doesn't do anything to advance the story of star Wars. And it just kind of feels really unnecessary in the big, the whole universe. That being said though, I think it's kind of funny how I literally like I was, we were, I remember there's the exact scene where I was like, man, this movie is fucking slow, uh, and it was when they were in the, is um, it Jetta? When they were in Jetta fighting the storm, like doing the stormtrooper and like meeting the other characters and everything, and that takes a whole forty-five minutes to take place. I remember saying in my original review that I wrote for this movie back in 2016 for uh, Movie Pilot was something like, I was like, the first four, 40- it has pacing issues. The first forty-five minutes is so slow. I paused it at the exact part that I thought that it was exactly at 45 minutes and six seconds. I was like, "I'll do
1: you. I'll <laughs> do you one better. I'll do you one better." The first 20 minutes are a fucking pacing nightmare because there, there was there was one shot in particular. I don't know if I have it in my notes, but they like so they're jumping and you know like first they start off with like the flashback sequence. Of like Jin as a kid, and then they go to Cassian being a bet, ba- you know, like being a gray area dude, and then they jump to like Bodhi doing his thing, and then they jump back to like Jin in the back of like a van, you know, like a prison van. For there's like one reaction shot of Jin in the back of the van to show her as an adult, or maybe it's not even in the van, she's in like a prison cell, and then they like they jump to something else completely, and it's like. Just tell us one linear story. Right. So I think what they could have done was just start at current day with with Bodhi. Start the movie at Bodhi getting to Saw Guerrera's compound and him being interrogated and then work the movie from there. And then there's a scene like way later on in the movie where Jin is like asleep and she's having a flashback of her dad. That's where you put the scene of, uh, you you know, Ben Mendelsohn showing up and, you know, like shooting her mom. Why did we start the movie there? Like, everything was super disjointed in the first 20 minutes. And that was my biggest problem. It's
0: Lyra, back from the dead.
1: Yeah. And that scene was good. It just didn't belong there.
0: Right. Um, Yeah, I don't know, dude. just I just feel like the first 45 minutes is really slow. And then it picks up for a bit. Yeah. And then it's slow again. And then I like the part where they're like, they're staking out the one uh, area and Galen Urso is about to get, it's like they can't kill this guy because they need him to, because he designed the Death Star. You know what I mean? He designed the weaponry right. on it. So I think that plot point is interesting how they can't kill him, but like the Rebellion wants to kill him, but Jin, like Jin is his daughter, you know, and he still right. loves her, you know? The whole well, stardust protocol,
1: everything. To, to, so this is all. This has been my my number one complaint about this movie since the day that I saw it in 2016. It really bothers me that the flaw, the fatal flaw of the Death Star was planned for a couple reasons, right? So number one, the the whole the first movie that kicked off this entire franchise was Luke Skywalker discovering the Force and using it to help him fight ultimate evil. And he is the only one, you know, the 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 rebels discover this flaw, mm-hmm. which is a big plot point, right? So you think about, it, to me, that relates to the rebels when they're, they're looking over the plans of the Death Star. That reminds me of maybe, you know, like World War II, and, you know, you had all these German scientists looking up, you know, like, you know we, we they're they're all doing you know all these things behind the scenes to discover all right we're going to figure out how to make a nuclear bomb right right and, and there's there or like cold war space race and like our side versus their side and it's it's a it's time it's you know, who's going to win this race so the rebels were trying to figure out how to defeat this space station before it starts like blowing up planets whereas now this movie says oh yeah one guy decided to put this 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 flaw in it and he just told the rebels about it and luke skywalker wasn't that special that that flaw was there specifically so somebody could make that shot on it and blow it up yeah it was still a difficult shot but it like it takes away a lot of the magic of the or, the original movie right so that's but oh that to me that's always been a big problem they they could have done they could have done the whole movie the same way and just take out the fact that that galen erso did it on purpose
0: right right um so let's uh i guess i have i do have some notes written down here so what i have is uh like i said indifferent i think the cast is good all around i don't think the characters are great in any respect but i think the cast is good like felicity jones yeah. is good uh diego luna is good i mean ben mendelsohn and Matt mickelson sharing a scene together is pretty incredible yeah. um let's talk about darth vader though uh, well, I b- said before this... we
1: move on, I just want to say one thing. I have countless notes throughout throughout the movie of these characters need more c- time to talk, you know, like to connect these this person needs more screen time, whereas the first hour to forty five minutes to an hour could have been character building like like you said, all these character, all these actors are great, but the characters are kind of blah.
0: right right. so Darth Vader though, who he's on my shit list in this movie because. <laughs> He, I mean, he comes out on Mustafar and he has the meeting with, uh, with Kranich, you know, Ben Mendo, Bendo and, uh, James Earl Jones. I said this at the time too. He sounds tired. He sounds very, very tired. He,
1: he sounds just as old as he actually is. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And, uh, it was just, it was just weird to like hear him. And you know how like your mind remembers the way something is. And then when you see it in a new light, you're like whoa so I have Darth Vader's like I have his whole speech like his voice memorized so when I heard him in this movie I was like oh my god just don't bring him back ever then it made me think about the Anakin Skywalker and it made me think about the Obi-Wan series I was like oh shit dude I don't fucking want this this is not what I wanted like I'm, a tired I'm James they- Earl Jones <laughs>
1: I really hope they don't bring J- – I, I, I love James Earl Jones. I hope he's not involved with the Obi-Wan series.
0: Right, right. <laughs> yeah, me too. Uh, quite honestly, I could could really do without it.
1: Um, I what, What's cool is that – I don't know if you know this, but the suit, they really did a good job of matching the suit to uh, episode four. Uh, like the in the original movie um, – uh, Darth Vader's eyes are—they have like a red tint yeah, to them. They're not they pure black. Yeah. So they did a good job of matching all that stuff up, and they—they—they they, they tried really hard to make it feel authentic. That being said, I wish the scene where he shows up at the Battle of Scarif—that I wish that was the o- that was the first and only time that he showed up. Every other time before that, it was just like unnecessary and just like stupid fan service. You
0: talking like when he kills all the dudes in the hallway?
1: Well, so he shows up. If you remember, Tarkin's like, don't don't target the any of the ships. Just target the station on Scarif. Darth Vader, Lord Vader's going to come in, and he'll deal with with the fleet. So he shows his ship shows up, and all the rebels like crash into the Imperial right, cruiser. Right. So I'm not saying just that one scene, although that is the highlight of it. But just that like that one sequence. That's all he needed to be in
0: yeah I would agree with that that you know what on on that note too um I mean like the vader the we we talk about fan service, right so I don't know if you know this, but there was a lot of difference between the promotional materials for this movie and for the actual yeah. movie itself, and that's because the um one of the cinematographers and the screenplay, not one of the cinematographers, I'm a fucking idiot, one of the uh writers of this movie he ended up directing a lot of the reshoots right underneath disney's thumb so and that includes putting more darth vader in the movie so that scene where darth vader kills all of those people all the rebels uh that was you know a reshoot there was things that were changed about them running across the beach with the plans attached to them yeah a tie fighter showing up on that bridge that they were on um you know there was a lot of stuff that was changed So, the Darth Vader stuff, the reason why it feels out of place is because it is out of place. They just stuck it in there because they know people would get hyped on it. You know what I mean? Right. Which, to be fair, I mean, like, I've watched that scene out of context because it's cool. It's just Darth Vader. The one part where he sticks the guy to the the roof. That's the
1: most Darth Vader scene. Yeah. Yeah. That's the most, most Darth Vader thing we've seen in any Star Wars film. Like what the vader that we saw in the original trilogy that's all well and good but like when you think of darth vader you think of him on that you know in that corridor fucking shit up
0: yeah and like like i said the part where he sticks the guy to the roof and then cuts out his stomach was one of the most darth vader things i've seen in my entire life
1: mm-hmm.
0: so then the other oh my god i just realized that you're looking at a different frame than i am I have two different cameras. That's why the frame looks so much higher. uh, What you're seeing. Uh, Uh, Yeah, yeah, you're right. I was like, no wonder why. (laughs) Um, Yeah,
1: to the Pat looks like this to me. He's like,
0: "How you doing? Uh, How you doing? (laughs) All right." And then, so the other thing that ties back into the cinematography is that Gareth Edwards is the credited director of this movie. And as we know, he directed 2014's Godzilla. So, I for I for perspective, the part where the uh, what is it? The eight are the ATSTs or the ATATS, the big ones, the big boys, the bigums. ATATS. The ATAT comes out of the smoke, and yeah. there's that forced perspective looking right up at it. I was like, oh, I like that. And then I mm. saw it later in another scene where they're panning over the battle, and it kind of swings down to like. Uh, the thing, uh, the ATAT gets shot, and you follow it's face down, and when it's when it lands, it like it stops on like another dolly shot of a bunch of guys running through the water. I was like, I like this. I was like, look, they're letting Gareth Edwards play, do interesting things. Him and his cinematographer are having a good time. Everything else though, besides for that battle, I mean, there was that also one scene where they're in Jetta, and the ATST comes down, and you know they're all looking up at it and stuff. You know, I I kind of like that whole. That vibe that Gareth Edwards brings where it's always right. looking up. You know what I mean? It's always well, look how me, massive
1: this is. Although this is not specific to the Gareth Edwards look, a lot of the stuff that stuck out to me was the war stuff, which is like this movie was built up to be like a war movie. Especially when they're on Jeddah. Holy crap, like watching that now. Um and like they're the rebels are terrorists. Like if you watch that, this is like like watching footage from like the Middle East. You know, they're they're portraying these guys as terrorists. Right. And it's like such a cool perspective rather than what you see in any of the other movies where it's like they look like a regular military force going up against like a big a bigger army. Whereas this one they look like guerrilla warfare. And that's what I feel like that's It was so on point what what I think the Rebels should be portrayed as. They're always the underdogs, but we've never seen them in that way.
0: Right. Yeah, no. But, oh, yeah. But, I mean, those are the things I definitely like and kind of stuff that stood out to me, I guess. It was nice to revisit this, and I did have the same exact thoughts I had the last time, though, which is, like, can Forrest Whitaker act? I don't know. Like... (laughs) Uh, if they gave
1: them better lines, probably. Yeah.
0: Um, you know, uh, does does Star Wars mean anything to anyone anymore? <laughs> like, and here's the thing, I was really jazzed for this too, because I like when franchises do this. I just got finished saying I like that Resident Evil is doing mainline game, spin off, or a remake. Mainline game, spin off, or I like that shit. That that's fun to me. Um this star, star Wars, Disney was like, we're going to put out a new one every year. It's going to be like Marvel. You're going to get a Ridge Tridge. Then you're going to get something new. Then you're going to get another Ridge Tridge. Then you're going to get something new. And it's just like.
1: But it was never I, something new.
0: Yeah, no, exactly. It was never something new. And that's exactly my point with this movie. And I was as I was watching, I was like, at least this makes me feel like I'm watching a Star Wars movie that takes place during the events of the fourth film. You know what I mean? It has that type of right. era. Well,
1: this 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 nailed a lot of things that the sequel trilogy failed miserably on. It didn't the, the, the sequel trilogy didn't feel Star Wars. The first one did, the first JJ J. Abrams movie, it's like he was just like, well, let me look up the exact recipe and do everything by the book. But then after that it's like a lot of things didn't feel Star Wars. Whereas this one felt like gritty and lived in and there, a lot of detail was, you know, attention was paid to detail. The sets, and you know, like all the very analog computers and the big screens with right. the, you know, like the circles on them. They they were like, let's let's go back to basics, but they weren't retreading old stuff. They were like, let's take the these important elements and make something new with it.
0: Not as much red.
1: Not as much red.
0: Not as much red. Like I feel like the new Star Wars trilogy incorporates a lot of red and black. As opposed right. to the the old stuff was just like Greg, Here you go. Yeah, well, it's Greg. Like, it looked seventies. Yeah, like, yeah. What does a space station look like in the seventies?
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, Everybody had longer hair. <laughs> yeah,
0: and there was seat. C- uh, was it CRT monitors were everywhere?
1: Yeah. Um, but also I don't know if you noticed in the sound design there was a lot of like murmury type stuff. To me, I think about the uh, the robot the the. Uh, The probe droid that lands on Hoth in episode five, where it's like random on the Zest, random on the Zest. That sound bite is featured throughout this movie. They were like, let's take that sound and just sprinkle it on top.
0: I do, I will say, I did not appreciate the obligatory R2D2 C3PO. I was like,
1: I didn't love it, but I mean, I guess you gotta have, they have to be in every movie. I was like, what
0: are you guys doing here? We didn't need you um
1: yeah but i mean it, it doesn't it doesn't not make sense whereas the two guys on Jeddah, like they get like my friend doesn't like you i don't like you either yeah that was why why did they need to be there
0: yeah and you want to know you saying some of these things to me i was like i can't even like i only when you say them do i remember them and that's ultimately what i think rogue one is for me at least i feel like rogue one's kind of forgettable uh, I, I feel like even though it sets out to tell a Star Wars story from a different perspective, ultimately it still feels just unnecessary. You know, it's
1: not a different perspective. The whole every, the whole trilogy is the first trilogy is told from the rebels' perspective. Yeah, and now we're just seeing more of the rebels.
0: Yeah, and not only that, I went into it this time knowing that everybody died. So what was the? I don't point? necessarily
1: have a problem with that. What that everybody died were knowing that knowing what their fate was gonna be.
0: Oh, I just couldn't get attached to them. I was just like, all these characters are dead, who cares?
1: I couldn't get attached to them because every time that Jin made a speech, it was so the writing was terrible and just like over the top, lofty for no reason. Her her dialogue was was has incredible. she done
0: anything? I, I think I think Liz and I looked this up today. She has done some stuff since uh since this. Nothing, nothing as, uh, uh,
1: high profile. Yeah.
0: Nothing as high profile. I would say I do enjoy, uh, the fact that I was able to tell Liz for the first like 10 minutes of the movie. I was like, Oh, look, it's
1: Pedro Pascal. <laughs> she was an amazing Spider-Man too.
0: Uh, who was she in that? Uh, uh I, I will I, Oh, I think she's someone's secretary. That's it. Like this was her big break. I think.
1: Yeah. She was Felicia Hardy.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Felicia Hardy. Like I said, she was in like two scenes. Um, what was I gonna say?
1: I'm trying to think if there's I any other it. important notes that I have. Yeah, I'm trying to think if there's so, anything else. I, I do want to say I want to give a shout out to Michael Gianquino. This is the first Star Wars film not to be scored by John Williams, and I think Michael Gianquino nailed it the music is on point
0: oh that's what it was okay yeah did you hear what i said before i said no. i tricked liz into thinking that diego luna was pedro pascal i was like look it's pedro pascal she was like he looks so different <laughs> and then at one point i was like that's not pedro pascal he's, he's got like, the same dirty,
1: dirty stash he
0: does he does but no no he's not dinjarin who The hell asked me that recently? Who asked me who the Mandalorian was? They're like, you I think
1: help? it was you and I were talking about it. You're Like,
0: who's why were you asking me who is what his first name was?
1: I don't know. Uh, Governor Tarkin or uh, Governor oh, Gra- yes. Grandma Tarkin. Let's talk about Tarkin. I kind of like uh, the first time around, I was like, why would they do that? But like, now it's like it's nice to see yeah. Tarkin okay. again.
0: First time I saw this movie, I remember sitting in the theater. And my eyebrow, I was just like, "Wait a minute!" I was like, <laughs> "Like that was my immediate response," and my brain kept telling me something was off. So I looked at my friend and I went, "I'm pretty sure that guy's dead." He was like, "How could he be dead?" I was like, "I think he died in like 1979. Like he's been dead That's for like." That's why old- his
1: face is so shiny and yeah. rubbery.
0: <laughs> and then, uh. Now I watch it, and I go, you know what? This effect isn't that
1: bad. Then they get to Leia, and it's just like, ooh, Why Why is Leia so much worse? I don't get it. It's got to be a time thing. You think so? I think
0: that the Tarkin stuff was planned, and that's why the special effects department had and, time to make it. Right. And I think that they came in, and they did their... Uh, they came in and they did reshoots and then they put her in there and like they did that as much sense. as they could. That's like I said, that makes sense, but I don't know if that's what it is. But that's what I, I would hypothesize. Been,
1: I, so I was really happy to see Tarkin again and it was kind of nice. I, I will say the whole the villain was kind of like I didn't think they did a great job of building a reason why the villain was a villain. Um, I liked Ben Mendelsohn's performance, but I think they could have clean streamlined his story up a bit. Uh, but I did kind of like how there was the the like office politics between him and Tarkin. That was kind of a cool. Yeah, you know, it's like funny how see. the
0: the Empire's officers uh, and directors have this. Uh, I guess you can say internal turmoil. You know what I mean. Yeah. And what I really love is like since the officers are supposed to be so like frightening, or like they're supposed to send a, a shiver down your spine. That when the attack actually starts happening, nobody moves because they're waiting yeah. for the command from uh Krennick. And he just said, What is that line? He's like, What are we waiting for? Like, like, uh he's like, Scramble the whatever, like, you know, yeah. scramble the fannies, you know, like <laughs> <laughs> you know. I was like, Oh, okay, that's good. But uh K2SO, he's also once again, same thing Alan I said Tudyk. in 2016. He's great. That's who it was, Alan Tudyk. I was like, Alan Who the Tudyk. fuck is this?
1: Um it it seems like they they gave all the great lines to Alan Tudyk. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I do like the part where Jin shoots the one droid and then K2SO shows up and he's like, "Did you know that that wasn't me?"
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I I think he's great, but I mean when it, is Alan Tudyk not great? Also random cameo by uh um Andy Serkis as one of the, the fighters in the in the final battle. Wait, really? Yeah, Andy Serkis is one of the guys in the battle. He doesn't have any lines or anything. He's just there. Really? Yep. I'm
0: going to have to look that up afterwards. I I didn't yeah. notice him.
1: Yeah, I think he's got like a scruffy beard.
0: I think Wedge and the other guy oh, yeah. are in this yeah.
1: too. Yeah, the fact that they brought in the archival footage... Yeah. from episode four one of the best parts of the whole movie like yeah. that's a great way to connect the two yeah
0: um yeah overall i just you know it's okay i think that's the best way yeah. i can say it's just okay i can't i, I would
1: i would say i would have ranked it a lot higher if you asked me a week ago but today it's like there's a uh just as far as like writing story dialogue a lot of problems
0: yeah and i, I just feel like for an action movie for a movie built off of like, hey, we're going to shoot each other. It's just so much pacing problems. And there's just so many like, like Ben Mendelsohn's obviously the best part of the whole movie. I mean, Mads Mikkelsen's good too, but he's criminally underused. Uh, yeah, dude, I'm just indifferent. I am indifferent. know.
1: Indifferent. know. I, to me, the best characters are uh, Chirrut and Baze. Those two, to me, are the core of the movie. Is that Donnie Yen? Yeah. Okay. Yeah the 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 um the guardians of the wills, those two are I, where I think the 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 strongest parts part of the movie. But like... that, I mean, do you want to move on to the next part of our discussion on like what we would have done? Yeah. Do you
0: like Riz Riz Ahmed by the way? I forgot to ask.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think he was great too. I think his character was kind of like oddly used, but uh, I, I feel think like his he was just was killed
0: dead. so unceremoniously.
1: Yeah, I, I I don't know if it was like a a, a a conscious or unconscious commentary on war.
0: Okay, if you're asking me what standalone movie I would have chosen at Lucasfilm, mm-hmm. is that what I'm reading? Okay, so yeah. if I were to if I were to pick a Star Wars sect to go to, um, I don't know, I I don't have anything specific. I just want more Jedi.
1: See, I went in the complete. I, I don't know if it's the complete opposite direction, but to me, it it feels like they've kind of squeezed that dr- dry. You know, they've beaten that horse. Uh, they've milked that cow. You know, they've done it. <laughs> All right, we so, got it. We got it. <laughs> they, uh, So it's like I'm tired of the Jedi, but to me, the the uh, the Guardians of the Wills. I was so intrigued by that. I would have liked to see a movie about that. Uh, about mm. those guys. That was more or less like okay, so the world is now without Jedi's, right? Right. Uh, you know, after you know, it's like, what does a world without Jedi's look like, and how does the Force, co-mingle with, with humans or you know just living beings, other than Jedi and Sith? Right. And I think that's a cool story, and I would have liked to see like a samurai or like Western movie, all those things that George Lucas was inspired by. Featuring those guardians of the wills who are Force-sensitive but not Force-users.
0: Right. Right. Okay. Interesting. I definitely would uh, like that. But I, I don't know. I'm still on the – like, I just don't feel like I have gotten a movie where it's just like – like, I get they're all about Jedi. They're all about one Jedi. I want to see a movie about a couple Jedi. You know what I right. mean? Like
1: so, almost like let's let's say like an some you know like an Ocean's Eleven or movie, but about like Jedi's sure, going on a mission. Sure, yeah, yeah,
0: something like that.
1: You know, yeah, something that's and, like not the like oh well, there's these big wars of good and evil going on, and more just like yeah. what do they do in their day to day?
0: Yeah, you know, like they go to a planet, they fight a bunch of bugs or something, and <laughs> space bugs, and there space you go. Bugs. You know, um, I think
1: yeah, that'd be a cool path.
0: As far as, when you ask, like, when you say who would you have spearheaded it, do you mean, like, directing, like, producing team?
1: Um, to me, I left it open-ended because I wanted to see what you were going to go with.
0: Oh. Um, right off the bat, for as far as directing, like, a Jedi film or a Star Wars movie? Zack Snyder. Like, what? No, I'm kidding. Okay. <laughs> um, uh. uh, uh I think Chad, what's his name? Chad Stilinski? Uh, whoever, Hi, Chad. whoever directs the John Wick movies. Give okay. that motherfucker Jedi's to work with, okay? That would be some sick shit.
1: So, for me, I, I, I wrote down a couple different options. Um, I thought, uh, I, I was like reading articles on, you know, just seeing what other people's takes were. And I thought an interesting was Spielberg. Why not Oh, Steven Steven Spielberg? He's been connected to George Lucas for decades. He probably would, I think he'd do a great job. Another one for me was Robert Rodriguez, who he did an episode of the Mandalorian in season Mm -hmm. two. And he, I think would be a great way to do that spaghetti Western or samurai type movie, little bit of dialogue and a lot more show don't tell. Mm -hmm. And, um, Lastly, I wrote down Deborah Chow, who worked. Uh, she did two episodes. She did episode three, season one of Mandalorian, and the finale of season two Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. Um, which I like. I like her storytelling, and also just because it would be more like an Asian American type story. Give me, get an Asian American. Actually, she's Canadian. Get an Asian director in there. Uh, like, so I think there's plenty of good options, but. Um, I I think of the three Robert Rodriguez from the movie that I want to tell with uh, with like Churrit and Bays. I think Robert Rodriguez would be my first choice.
0: Nice. Okay. Yeah, that's a good idea. Robert Rodriguez is good. He made that awesome from Dust Till Dawn movie. Um, would it would it have been part of a larger? Oh, like Marvel? Nah, nah, nah. I feel like Star Wars is always a part of the larger plan. I feel like that's the problem with Star Wars is yes. that they never just, you know, slice a piece off the fucking turkey and put it on its own plate. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like, for yeah. for the love of God, put something somewhere that doesn't go back to the Skywalkers or the Rebellion or the this or that. You know what I mean? Like, give me something different. Like, I know I, I, know I say this after I said I just want more Jedi, but, like, put the Jedi Somewhere else, set it at a time where like you know there's there is no rebellion and there is no empire just or there is no whatever the resistance and the 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 first order or whatever, just take those guys, put them somewhere Which,
1: else to be fair, I think we're getting you know with the with the upcoming Star Wars content uh like uh High Republic. So I think that is on the on the way, which I'm very excited about. Right,
0: right. I mean, don't get. I I'm, I'm gonna eat my words eventually. So, <laughs>
1: um, <laughs> well, they they can only get it wrong for so long.
0: <laughs> really? I, Have you seen the Transformers movies?
1: I got my fingers crossed <laughs> <Yeah>. over here.
0: <laughs> um, and then would you do fan service in so what ways? So, I think like the the. The best example would be Rogue One. Like, I think the fan service in Rogue One, like, the part where Darth Vader's cutting everybody up, that works. Like, that in a vacuum, but to the rest... Like, it didn't move the plot along. You know what I mean? It just showed us that, like, he slayed all the rebels before literally the plans got handed off. You know what I mean?
1: I would say look at Solo, where literally everything that he does is dictated by stuff that he said in previous movies, or, like... Oh, what's your name? Uh, I I don't have a last name. Oh well, I'll just call you Han Solo. I'm so
0: glad you brought that up because I actually saw that movie with Danny in the theater, and I remember when that happened. I just was like, well, that's canon now. Like that's <laughs> that's,
1: I, that's where you got to walk at it. But for me, the reason I I brought this question up is because to me, fan service is like the little stuff where you put in, you know, like there's a scene going on in a market and there's a bunch of people going by in the background and you see, you know, like maybe a Gungan walk by or, you know, like, and you see races that you saw in previous movies or different outfits and stuff like that, um, where it's more like set dressing type stuff that you're familiar with. That's the fan service that I want to see. I don't want to see like... Here's a character that was in the, you know, like he was in that one scene that one time. Let me just shoehorn him in here for, or like you said, Darth Vader showing up just because we like Darth Vader.
0: Or I think another thing, like going back to us talking about Resident Evil earlier in the night, the fan service in that game is great. There's one, like I said, I talked about how they referenced the merchant from Resident Evil 4, but also a little bit of spoilers here during one of the final boss fights. Uh, somebody mentions Chris Redfield, who is a series veteran, people who know the games know who I'm talking about. And he goes, that boulder punching asshole. And that was a big deal 10 years ago when Chris Redfield punched a boulder off a cliff, like straight, like, we'll look it up after this. He straight up full, like strong arm punches a boulder and it rolls off a cliff and everyone thought that was absurd. So the creators put that in this game. You know what I mean? It's like, it's just nice that they, that, that's good fan service. You know, that's right. nice. It's not like, you know, somebody taking their, like, cause if you look up fan service, the very first thing you'll find on the Wikipedia page is like somebody in a, like a a bra or like sport or like bikini and shit like that. That's not the, that's not how fan service started out, but that's where it went.
1: You know what I mean? It's, where it's like, yeah, it's gone to a weird place. Yeah. It has
0: gone to a weird place because when somebody says fan service, I think of like the early shit, like an Iron Man, like where like you you see Captain America's shield in the background. You know what I mean? Stuff like that. You know?
1: Yeah. Easter eggs. Yes, yeah, it's, it's not Easter eggs them. anymore. Now it's just like, oh, oh, you you like Darth Vader? Okay, well we'll just put him in there, even though he's unnecessary. You know, it has nothing to do with this.
0: Right. Right. And I feel like the fan service Easter eggy things, they should be kind of disposable you know what i mean they should be like hey we, we could if i put this in this scene it doesn't it only adds it doesn't take away right but it only Why adds it, in a certain you know who way who does
1: it the best pixar
0: oh for sure yeah like Pixar's i saw one, one recently that i
1: like you know they those always pop up on instagram like oh did you know uh in the background of toy story 4 there's have you seen toy story 4 of course i've seen Toy Story there, so There's the antique shop that Woody's in. There's a plate in the window, and it's got like a Celtic symbol on it, and it's it's the symbol of Merida's clan from Brave. Doesn't mean does it does. It's not important to the plot. It doesn't do anything, but, you know, it's like it's well, nice that they were to like just do a little drop, you know, like, hey, this is connective tissue.
0: Right. However, their movies lend themselves to that because nobody wants to make all of those new assets and design designs for every movie. So they're going to be reusing assets.
1: <laughs> yeah, I guess that's fair, but it's like.
0: No, they, but they I, I get your like, point.
1: They, they bake it yeah, into I the big, cake
0: as opposed to making it a- made
1: it a pizza planet. You know what I mean? It yeah. could have been Pizza Planet for, that stayed within that movie franchise. But they're like, oh, what would be like a cool way to tie these things together?
0: Right, right. No, I see what you're saying. Like I said, bake it into the cake. Don't make it like the main focus of the cake. Bake it yeah. into the cake. So, yeah. So, yeah, either way. Um, look, Star Wars, is, Star Wars is never not going to be owned by Disney. And it's never not going to be controlled by Kathleen Kennedy for the foreseeable future. So, I think we should just, you know, cross our fingers, clench our asses, and hope that it's not going to hurt, you know? I hope she
1: just hands it right over to Dave Filoni and John Favreau.
0: I hope so. I really do. Because they do it the best, it would seem. All right. Clip of the week. Let's do it. Oh, shit. We're here. We're here. We are here.
1: We did it. This one is for you, Mike and Danny. Oh, it is. It's for them? Let's see. No, I just said that because oh. it's just you and me today.
0: Oh, okay. All right. Actually, hold on. I forgot. Oh, how-
1: I, I didn't think to make a... uh. A, oh, oh, all right. We're, we're getting there. What? The frame where it's like the two empty ones on the bottom. Yeah, yeah. All right. Ready? I should have... We should have just put stills of Mike and Dan in there. yeah. Ready?
0: Alright, yep. I might have the Star Wars Lego set Death Star, but can you chug a sparkling water and not burp?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh, (laughs) Uh, what do I do?
0: (gasps) (laughs) I feel like it's kind of planned. I'm just gonna say it. I feel like it's a little bit too convenient.
1: But boy, oh boy, his reaction was. I do love. The,
0: oh God, what do I do? This boy, right what here. What do
1: I do? is that burp. Oh my gosh, <laughs> uh, what do I do? Sure. Yeah, no,
0: it's got it. Like, come on, come
1: but, on. Uh, also, Star Wars reference that I thought was appropriate. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, no, it certainly was. Death Star. Let me hear that burp one more time.
1: That burp sounds real to me. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Uh, what do I do uh, <laughs> what what do you think his name is Chet Chet <laughs> I think his name is Tyler
0: oh you know what the middle part <laughs> oh my gosh
1: uh, what do I do uh,
0: God it might have the Star Wars really like... clocks his fucking head. he, re- he, he? really hits
1: what do it? I do <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah. It might have the Star Wars legos. However, his hand, look at his hand behind the, uh, his hand you goes know, behind the, the garage door. Look. You know what I mean? Might no. might
1: have the Star Wars no, legacy. Uh, Death Star. I, I don't think so. Uh, what do I do? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> it, go, it goes up after. Oh, you.
0: yeah, maybe you're right. Yeah, I see it
1: now. Right here.
0: For people who are just listening, uh, this guy that walked into you, a garage Ryan. door. Yeah. And he hit his fucking head really hard. I want to hear that burp one more
1: time, and then we're good. What's it? Uh, what do I do?
0: <laughs> oh my
1: god! <laughs> what's that other? What's that other video where it's like, "Hey, it's Monday. It's gonna be a great day," and he that he hits his head on the inside of the garage door. You know that video? Uh, I'll put I'll put it in the comments.
0: Yeah, put it in the com- or. It's been a while.
1: It's been a while. It's been
0: a while. All right. Man, that motherfucking that dude hit his head, bro. Hard. Like, no bullshit. Oh, man. That was... At least that wasn't somebody dying in an elevator. Or...
1: I wanted, I wanted to go a little bit more lighthearted. I will you guys say, think My, my I, clips are a little too okay. All uh, right. edgy. All
0: right. You are framing that like some guy almost dying in an elevator. And, I mean, the dude's getting shot at. I've seen that on every fucking publication. So that's fine. The guy suffocating in the elevator with a melted jacket on him. That was another thing. I will I will say this. The other day I was hanging out with some friends and then we were talking about the show that particular episode and I was just like, Yeah, Nick's clips are pretty fucking brutal, dude. That guy dying in the elevator and he just his response was well he didn't actually die. I was like, see <laughs> this is the problem.
1: <laughs> He's an enabler.
0: Oh, yeah, he is definitely an enabler for sure. So other than that, um, I think we're good. I think that's the show this week. Would you say that's the we, show this week? We did it. We did I, it. I,
1: I wasn't sure you and I were going to be able to, to make it to an hour. Oh, no. No, nah, dude. Um, oh, no. It would have been fine.
0: Oh, it no. Fine. It would have been fine. So, yeah, this is this is actually probably one of our final remote episodes. Because even if the fucking thing – I just saw the price of lumber – did you see the price of lumber, dude?
1: I've been watching those lumber prices. Do you I've know been been how much
0: it, it will cost? It might cost me to to build a set. Might be some curtains and some rugs going up. <laughs> Sounds dirty. Yeah, going up in the new studio. But we'll know in two weeks. So, um, listen. Thanks everyone for uh, for tuning in for watching us here. Uh, if you're just listening on pod on the uh, on podcast format thing. Yeah, that's how you say that. Uh, Thanks so much. Leave us a review because it actually, it really helps out the show. Also, don't forget to like the video, subscribe to the channel, send it to your friends. We promise you this is one of our final remote episodes. We will be back in studio soon and it will be glorious. I promise. I promise. I promise. All right. Get out of here.